0: Welcome everybody, just so blessed to have you here today. Anyone who's new, hi, welcome, stick around, we'll be happy to talk to you at the end and meet you. Um, Everybody else, just go around and say hi to somebody, meet somebody you haven't seen, somebody you haven't seen in a while. Um, Just love on each other, that's why we're here after all, just to love on each other and give glory to God. So, thank you for There's nothing See We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. We worship you today. We honor you above anything else. We thank you for being
1: We're sing it out right here
0: You're never gonna
1: Thank you for being so good to us, God, and even when we fall short, God, you're, you're always good to us. You never let us know, I pray that as we go about our weeks, God, Lord, that we always look to make you the center of our days. God. I pray that you give us strength, God, in this heat and this, uh, this summer, this break. God, be with us, God, and for the people that aren't here right now, God, be with them. God, we thank you for the time that you've given our pastors, God for rest. I just pray that you continue to speak to them as well. We love you. And we thank you. We give it all to you. Everything here that we do is for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.
2: Amen. Good morning. You're so quiet, like old Simone. He's like uh, <laughs> so chill. Uh, this is about to fall on me. and That would be really bad. Give me a second here. I don't want to lose this on computer. How's everyone doing? Good, 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 good. Good morning. We can start passing around the bags. Good morning, Jason. And I have a few announcements. Um, we have, say, baptisms. Baptism is one of the coolest parts of I think, our fish, our Christian faith. We, at least we celebrate that here, the proclamation of, of salvation and uh, just giving yourself to, to, uh, to Jesus and calling him Lord and King. And uh, so that's August 5th. That's in two weeks, and we're excited about that. So if you know someone or you would like to be baptized yourself, uh, you can go online. There's some registration. There's also we can answer any questions for you. Uh, and then in two more – well, that's in two weeks. In three weeks – we have a, we're not gonna we're gonna repurpose our Sunday morning for a Sunday night service. So August 12th, well, we won't have service here at, at the typical 10:30 a.m. time. We'll be doing it Sunday night at uh, at some some uh, some leaders we have here. Uh, the names the last names are the Beelmans, Mike and Dee, and they have a house about 10 minutes from here. And we're going to do a worship and fire uh, or worship plus fire or worship and fire or whatever you want to say. Um, But we're going to be uh, coming together on Sunday night. We'll have food and fellowship. We're going to, you know, just we're going to worship uh, acoustically and then have some. of course food and a little bit of message so uh, so that's my two primary announcements the last one is we're going through a bit of a consulting right now with, a, with an outside company and there's a survey that we would love for you guys to fill out uh, if you call us your home if you've been coming here for a while uh, we would love your feedback your input so that's uh that's on our that's on facebook it's on our app and it's on uh, our website yeah, that was right and so go on and that takes about 30 minutes and we would love your feedback so with that, I'm going to get started. Uh, my name is Paul, if I don't know some of you. Uh, hey, Franco, nice to meet you. And uh, so I'm one of the leaders here, and I'm speaking. Uh, John, our pastor, Paul was just asking, where's John? I said he's still in the Caribbean, being a bum. So uh, he, he texted me this morning, hey, I'm in St. Martin or something. I'm like, okay, cool, thanks for letting me know. I didn't respond to him. So we just left it at that. But they're on their way back, and they'll be here next Sunday. So I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna continue in our in our in our service today. God, thank you for this morning. For uh, you're good, and that just resonates, God. That rings true in our service today, and I pray that comes out today. That we just we, we proclaim those words uh, about you, Jesus. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So I call this series to, uh, this service today. The heat is on. The heat is on. Uh, imaginary you. And you're like, what is imaginary you? So I'll get to that in a second. So everyone knows the heat is on, right? Remember that song? The heat is on. Gen X, nobody? Who was that? Who? Lit- what? Glenn Fry? Cool, all right, we got it. <laughs> so we all want to be known for something, right, in your life. You all want to be known for something. And I'm going to talk more about this. But when you come to mind, when you think about my life, Paul Frank, when you think about your life... As, as Hope, uh, Hope's over here, not the word Hope, but her name's Hope. Uh, you have some adjectives in mind, don't you? Some descriptions, some things about your life that you say, I wanna be known for fill in the blank, right? We all have this in our lives. And um, you know, what do, you, what do people think about you? Um, they determine wh- what we think about ourselves and the adjectives that we want to be. Uh, they, they determine how we act, how we behave, what our social media profile looks like, uh, the way that people project ourselves to our friends, doesn't it? And uh, they they determine also uh, what we say, what hurts our feelings, what we hide, so on and so forth. So we all have this. So what do you want to be known for? And if I asked you this right now, you'd probably have a few ideas. I want to be known for this. Uh, So what uh, what we're going to do in the spirit of transparency, we're going to start with Julie, and we're going to go around the whole room, and we're going to say, what do you want to be known for? No? No. Shauna, do you want to go first back there? So I like to be known, I'll, I'll give you, I'll go, I'll go first then. What do I want to be known for? I want to be known as someone who is smart. And I don't know why that is. I think it's because I'm probably the baby of the family and not like babies, the families are dumb or something. But just being the youngest of, my parents uh, were divorced. So um, my parents are here, my mom and my stepdad. And so we had 10 kids at one point, uh, mixed family. And I was the baby of the babies, right? So I was the youngest. And so I think just being that, uh, I was also held, <laughs> this is going to sound really sad. I was held back in kindergarten. And uh, so it was a good thing. My mom's like, no, don't laugh at him. <laughs> but I was held back in kindergarten because I was one of those summer babies. August 14th is my birthday, just uh, in case you want to give me a gift. Uh, the, uh, but I was held back. I didn't, uh, I was just too young. I, was, I had just turned five years old, and I was the baby of the family. A lot of you know, things in life had happened, and I was just held back. Uh, and so I did this really weird thing. We did kindergarten one year. The next year I did kindergarten and first grade mixed. In kindergarten, I'd go in the morning, and then at lunchtime, the first grade class would pick me up, and I'd continue my first grade uh, afternoon. And then the second year, I did first grade. So I kind of had a transition five-year. I just took a little bit longer, all right? So I don't think that's why I want to be smart, but I think there's just part of me that was like, hey, I just want to be smart. Uh, I want to be known as a leader. Uh, I also want to be known as a great friend. These are really important to me, Think adjectives that would describe me. And I know these seem kind of squishy and generic, and I'd be like, yeah, Paul, that's great. I also have some other things I want to be um, specific. I want to be a great husband and father, uh, but there's three to four things that everybody, every bit, every one of us, uh, you want to be known for. Uh, so what about you? What do you want to be known for? Uh, what do you spend time thinking about? Uh, and more importantly, what do you spend time covering, protecting, or hiding the things that you want to be that maybe uh, people don't know about you? Um, and I think that's really important. So I want to talk about pressure a little bit so the heat is on. Uh, th- this, is, this has been a, a, not just a metaphorical thing, but this has been a... Literally, heat, heat uh, I feel like I talk about this every week. So this is the last time I'll say this. But my air conditioning is still not working. All right? And basically, it's my fault. I bought a new TV, and my friend was like, John, actually. He's like, John, you he said, Paul, you can't buy a new TV and not get air conditioning for your wife. So we'll just leave it. I still did the, I still did the TV. Um, I'm like, look at this TV, even though we're hot, but my AC is still not working, Uh, so there's some days, and and I I actually went to San Francisco this week in the 90s, and it was like, you know, 70s, my wife's at home baking, I felt bad, Uh, I still haven't fixed it, Uh, but um, we're living and sleeping by the use of fans, we have some friends coming over this afternoon, I said, hey, it's going to be kind of hot in the house, but we have a lot of fans, we literally have eight fans running upstairs at night, it's awesome, it's like a vortex. Uh, A a couple of weeks ago, I took my dog for a run, and uh, if you you know anything about dogs and humans, there's a little bit of difference in how they release heat. Dogs pant, right? We sweat, and I sweat a lot, so we have natural mechanisms in our body that allow uh, the pressure and the heat to come off sooner. My dog is usually drawing circles around me, but he was so hot, he was literally, and he's a retriever, so he's in good shape, so to speak. I don't know if a dog can be in good shape, but. He was lagging a hundred feet behind him, and I'm like, "Come on, what are you doing?" And he just literally, like, almost—I mean, I don't think I almost killed him, but uh, it wasn't good. We'll put it that way. And I destroyed his pads on his feet. Well, I didn't do it. It was his own fault. <laughs> But dogs don't know how to say no, right? They're like, they can have a broken leg, and they'll just shatter their knee. So anyway, for two weeks, his pads have been uh, growing. So I got, the heat is on, right? The heat is on. Uh, the other day, two weeks ago, we were just sitting outside at John's house. Uh, John is our, is our lead pastor. And uh, my ho- it was uh, one of those 100-degree days, and my car was sitting there. And our three kids said, I was about to take them, and they, they hopped in the car. The car wasn't running. And I said, let's see how long they last. <laughs> so they got, I know, don't judge me. <laughs> don't worry, I wasn't going to like actually see how long they last. They're like, it's been about 20 minutes, I wonder what's going on, but they lasted about 90 seconds. <laughs> they got in the car, wasn't running, and I'm like, it's 100 degrees outside, so it was, I think it's probably 130 in the car, right, and so anyway, they get out, they're all flushed red, they're sweating, they're like, dad, where can we go, so anyway, thought so that was kind of funny, um, but. They, uh, they, they are okay, don't worry, there's no uh, neurological damage or anything. Maybe psychological, because I did that to them. But why am I bringing up heat and pressure? I think it's because we all have moments in life where there's, there's a heat is on, the pressure's on. We have these, these parts of our life, these adjectives that we want to be or, or become. And there's, there's things in life that happen, right? I mean, I could ask anybody in here, do they have a burden today? And every single one of you would raise your hand of something. Maybe not specifically on you, maybe not what's happening to you, maybe in your own life, but there's things that we're falling short um, in our life. And so ultimately, what happens when we don't measure up or when the pressure's on and these adjectives about our life are the characters of what we want to become, well, we start to pretend, we excuse, we mislead, and we, get, we begin to manage our image. So this is really important. So the, this is where I get into the heat is on and the imaginary you. The problem with managing your image, and you could put this up, I think I have a slide, is you become imaginary. And I'm not calling everybody in here fake. Okay, I'm not calling you false. I'm not calling, sounds like a smiggle false, fake. Uh, but I'm not calling you that. I'm calling you, uh, I'm, I'm calling us. When we manage an image, it's not who we really are. Does that make sense? So we become imaginary. Uh, you're something on the inside, and you project something else on the outside. Without meaning to, you become imaginary. And this is really key. It is impossible to be genuine in a relationship because you're not being genuine. Because there's a giant gap between what you hope and what people actually think about you. And you can't be genuine when you're managing an image. So we get older, as we go older, uh, but we don't get better. We progress in life. We, get, we keep getting older, but we don't get deeper. Uh, and I like this, this is a good word, I think. The, I think as, as in general, I'll get to this in a little bit, but as we grow older, we should become, I like the word finer. Do you ever just think of that word, that person? Like that person's just a fine person. Lane, you're just a fine, he's a fine person, right? And, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty fine, actually. <laughs> but I just like that. Like, as we get older and as we're not genuine, as we become imaginary, we just kind of get stuck because we're trying to manage this image. And the, sometimes the pressure's alive, sometimes other things. But we're really not getting finer. And the goal of this sermon is not to say get fine, but it's to absolutely think about that. Like, we should be, as Christians, improving, um, being transformed. I'm going to get to this most... So I'm gonna speak a little bit of pastor. I'm not technically a pastor, uh, but elder at the church and a leader. And as a pastor, uh, sometimes we can be the worst about this image. Right now, I'm literally speaking to you and there's, there's expectations you guys have or perceptions of my life and I wanna provide excellence and be, and be a leader, right? Uh, but uh, if, you're an apparent, if you're a parent, you do this all the time. Uh, you want to maintain an image for your kids because you're the moral authority in their lives, right? And you don't want them to lose that, especially when they're younger. Um, but uh, so you're always on for your kids. And so uh, when you're leader of a church, sometimes you all, all, I'm not saying you're my kids, but you're kind of all our kids. Like we're trying to maintain an image and we're trying to have this, this piece of like, hey, we're a leader and we got this all together. And so we can kind of get in this weird psychological spin around trying to maintain an image. Uh, my son asked me, he's starting to ask questions. Uh, Dad, uh, Dad, have you been arrested? And I have to say, Yes. <laughs> dad, have you drank before? Yes. Hey, dad, have you smoked? Yes. <laughs> dad, have you got a ticket before? Yes. I'm not going to be fake, but all these things that I'm, you know, I don't want him to be in jail. I don't, oh God, that's a, it's a, it's a past part of Paul's life. Anyway, it wasn't in jail last night or something, but right. But uh, that would be too much for today's sermon. I probably wouldn't want to follow up that. I'd be like, yeah, hey, I just made it in here guys. But I have to say yes, 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 and yes to all these questions that my son asks. You know, he has this image of dad who's like superhero, leader, husband, father, coach, um, you know, church leader. And, but he asks these things, and it's like, it sucks to have to say that. But it's my past, right? And I'm not going to leave that. Um, and I, there, I, talk, I give him some context about uh, why it's important for me to tell that story. Uh, the one thing he did make a mistake is my son has a, t- a knack of doing this. He actually told his teacher, his kid, uh, first grade teacher, she just asked him his family, yeah, my dad's been arrested. <laughs> and Megan, my wife, said, son, that's, that's Paul's dad. Or sorry, that's Paul's story to tell. That's not your story. So anyway, just be careful what you tell your kids. They will tell. So to the degree that my lifestyle, my marriage, or faith veers from what I present to you, if there's any gap to what I present myself or what I speak about, I feel the pressure getting up here right now and speaking. Uh, you don't feel bad for me. This is a pressure. This is part of being, there's a, a pre, pre, I like to say this, pressure is a privilege, right? To be able to hold this mic right now and present words to you guys that can hopefully make sense about presenting faith and the gospel is a, is a privilege, but there's also a pressure with it. And sometimes we feel the pressure to pretend. Sometimes there's so much pressure in your life when you're, when you're, I'm um, just making it through, or you're just getting there, and you have to almost pretend and say, I'm this way and I'm going to speak this way. Even though deep down inside, the there's maybe not an adjective or a part of me that, that's really there. So um, it would also be kind of like the whole uh, arresting thing, but it's like, it like if I was going to get up here in marriage and talk about marriage, and I said, You know, last night, Megan, my wife, who's the director of the kids, she, says, uh, she said, You know, I'm just, uh, she, last night, she told me she's going to give me one more chance. So let's talk about marriage. What would you guys think about that? Would you want me talking about that? She didn't actually say this, just to be clear, okay? So you don't want to know that. You don't want to hear that, right? That, especially up here in a large setting. Um, but there are gaps in our lives. We all pretend. We all hide. We all cover. And here's where it gets a little bit worse. Where do we pretend the best? One of the places. Right here at church. That's kind of like, ugh. But isn't it true, you guys, uh, I mean, I could sit up here, uh, at Hill, and this isn't just at Hill City Church where you're at this morning, uh, but every couple looks pretty happy this morning. I'm getting, you know, you guys all look so nice. You look so good in that shirt, you know. Everyone's got their uh, their, their, their smile face on. And when we try, we don't want you to walk through the doors and be like, oh, it's been a rough morning. Welcome to church, <laughs> right? That wouldn't be very inspiring. Um. But we all do, we, uh, as leaders, we want to, uh, you know, we want to, there's, there's also this tension about the, the, the beautiful message of the gospel and how that transforms us, and God is good. There's also the reality of, you know, stuff happening in your life. Um, so at church, we're pretty good, though, about faking it, aren't we, about pretending, about hiding, about um, putting on our best face. So if there's ever to be a place to pretend, it, it is at church. You may have been yelling right before you got here. Has anybody ever had that? We know that. Like, yes, thank you, John. Thanks for being so honest. I appreciate it. But has everybody like, walked or fought with your spouse right before you walk into church, you know, on a Sunday morning, and you just swoop in, and then all of a sudden you're, like, you know, you kind of just make it. You're, like, hey, good morning. Welcome to church. And, you know, you just, like, literally were yelling in the car with your spouse, your kids. Um, so this is just the reality. Um, and the reason we pretend is because we don't, like, uh, think people, we don't want, we don't think people will like me. For us as we are <clears throat> man this is like self-esteem there's so much psychological aspects locked up in this i'm not i'm not prepared to go into the depths of that but there are there are areas of our life that we just don't think people like and so we push us into this sort of pretend pretendaholic uh, mode um they might like the the into so i like this this is gonna you're gonna love this one if people don't know what you're like then they don't really like you and then the emphasis is on you, Eric. Like if they don't really like, if they don't know, if they, they um, if people don't know what you're like, then they don't really like you. They don't know the insides of you. Does that make sense? They might like the adjectives or the presentation of who you are, but they don't really like you. So, um, like I said, we become this uh, pretendaholic. So until we brace who we really are, then you can't get to where you need or want to be. And I have a great book on this, if anybody's interested, um, about knowing who you are in God. And then knowing who God is reveals more of who you are. It's an amazing book. It's only about 70 pages. It's one of my favorite books. Um, So we want to be known for something. But what we really need is to be known by someone or someones. You know, I told you all those things that I want to be known for, about a father and a leader and smart. Those are about Paul. Paul. But biblically, and I'm about to get into this, it's about being known by someone. The Bible actually never says being known by all these things and have all these accolades and all these things that you do in your life. It's really about knowing someone else. So we all need relationships where we can drop all of the cool, courageous, and confidence and mess without fear or rejection. And when you find the group of people where you can drop all the pretense and not feel judged, you are drawn to that environment if it's healthy or not. You know, we'll say things like, those people are so real. You know, you've had these moments in your life. I hope some of you have experienced this. And there's all sorts of situations where this happens. And we, we might call this community. Um, and maybe the relationships are real. Um, but they were the first group of people you were real with. Uh, because you allowed yourself to be known by someone. This is why uh, rehab, rehab relationships, uh, and I'm not here to dismiss uh, anybody. When, when someone goes, goes to the rehab or AA or some recovery program, it's extremely common for relationships to be spawned out of that environment. And the reason is, is because for the first time in a lot of these people's lives, they were real. And someone was real with them. And they said, man, I really like how that feels, right? You probably, I know several people who've gone through that and come out of it and go into a relationship. And it's, is it because it's a really healthy environment? Is real have a healthy environment? It's not, but it's because you're around someone and someones that allowed you to be truly who you are. So when you find a circle, say circle. That you can be truly who you are. This is a powerful, powerful thing. In fact, you were made for this. And the place where this is supposed to happen, where we are supposed to be known the most, believe it or not, is where? The church. Right here at, and I put parentheses, real church. And I'm not this, uh, well, as I go through this, I may, it may seem like I'm, I'm promoting this concept of, of realness and community. And in that, I may demote a little bit of this Sunday morning. It's natural. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to round out holistically about what real church is. Does that make sense? So don't, don't please don't hear from me. I'm trying to hate on a Sunday morning. I'm actually trying to expand it. And but while you do that, it all it takes away a little bit of the the ten thirty to eleven forty five on a Sunday morning at Hill City. So not the big church, the real church. Um, this may not have been, or is still not your experience at Hill City Church or any church, and that's okay. Um, but the essence of church is to be the primary environment where that kind of knownness can happen where the kind of realness and what I just articulated around really knowing someone, where that should happen. That should happen right here. So in the very first church, in the very first century, the first, one of the first paptor, pastors was Jesus' brother. His name was James. And let's go to James 5.16. There we go. That was kind of sad. Let's do it again. James 5.16. Yes. woo. There we go. So my friends, Nick and Betsy, we celebrate the word of God when we say it. Like, why are we cheering for James? James is a great guy. So he said this, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So in a few minutes, uh, I love this, confess your sins and each other. So in a few minutes, like, we, like I said a few minutes ago, I'm going to ask you to stand and find a stranger and confess your deepest, darkest sins. <laughs> All right, I'm done, I guess. We're out of here. Then, uh, then allow the other person to do the same, and I, and I recommend that you go, that you don't go first. <laughs> we wouldn't do that, would we, here? We don't do that. Um, but, and you'd also think, I don't want somebody to know that. I don't, I don't know these people. I'm not going to just tell my message to anybody, right? I'm going to be very selective, and I might even want to do it in the first place. I don't know what confess sins even means. Um, so I don't want to be known. Uh, but my marriage, lonely, I'm lon- my marriage might be issue- have issues. I might be lonely. I might have questions or temptations. But that's between me and God right and I confess to him alone I don't need church for this um but ultimately it's just let's just be honest we can't do that in here could we if I said stood up and said please start confessing sin nobody would do that right well I don't know about nobody we got some bold people be like here's what's going on (laughs) give me the mic but in rows that's why I said circles in rows like this you know not 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 hating on rows but that can't happen um it's just not going to happen uh, and another pastor, not a modern, not a modern pastor, but another pastor from the New Testament, in Hebrews 10:24. You don't need a chair this time. He says this: Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us consider about how to spur each other on. I want you to figure out how to spur one another. Figure out how to um, go, urge, encourage each other, uh, characterize, characterized by love and good deeds. And we can't do that not I- here either. It's really hard to encourage. You might have a, a few moments. Uh, out there by the coffee, um, or in the hallway, or in the parking lot, or maybe even right after here where you have a few moments where you can love and encourage someone. But we know that's very limited, right? I mean, did you really feel encouraged and in like a two-minute conversation? Uh, probably not. Um, so when he's talking about this, I think we're in the, in the context of being written almost 2,000 years ago, it was a different setting. Uh, we didn't, they didn't really have this, this large thing. And so um, our belief is that it happened in a much smaller group. And then it continues. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouraging each other, one another. This is a one-on-one thing. I can encourage you guys corporately right now, but I don't know if anybody's going to feel like, man, thank you so much, Paul, for your words. That really encouraged me. Um, that's a one-on-one sort of life-on-life activity that we talk about. And so um, if we were to do that in here, and I do the same thing about confessing sins, and wh- that's the same thing, Angel. Why don't you walk around and just encourage everybody? And he's like, cool. Angel, just encourage everybody. Walked around. That would be so superficial. Uh, so we can't do those things. Last example, the original pastor, Pastor Paul, not me, the original pastor, uh, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. He planted more churches than anyone really ever has. Uh, he wrote the majority, like I said, of the New Testament, and, uh, which were books written. The New Testament is a, a series of books that were written after Jesus' life. And he, here's what the local church would look like from his perspective. Galatians 6.1, brothers and sisters, so you guys in here, just imagine we're even 2,000 years ago, but right now, if someone is caught in a sin— you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. And then this is important. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ actually isn't really repre- uh, isn't mentioned that much. But this should characterize the church, Car- carrying each other's burdens, isn't it? That we should, uh, when the pressures of life comes, when the heat is on, when the imaginary you starts to come out, and we have these burdens in life, um, we should be carrying those each other. And there are moments that it's just so challenging, and many times it's invisible. We as leaders, uh, in a, as a, a, we, our, our elders and deacons, we get together about once a month, and we fill out this little scorecard about how we're doing. Uh, it's a little basic assessment. It takes like five minutes. And in it, it's amazing the things that come out with each leader that goes around and say what the burden is that they're experiencing. And we could do that same thing here. But we're not going to do that in a setting of 100 people. We're going to do that in a smaller setting, right? So that we know the burden and that we can pray for the burden. But if I don't know your burden... Like, Alan, if you have one, um, I was calling you because I wanted to ask if I could if I could uh, share a story about you, but he didn't answer, so I'm not going to share it now. I didn't get your consent. But if I didn't know that a, a burden was being, that you were having something, I can't carry it with you, right? I know it seems, it's okay, duh, it's not that complicated. <laughs> but until you tell it or share it or tell me what's going on in your life, it's really hard for me to pray for you, to encourage you towards love and good deeds, everything I just said. So this is where he's so... Uh, he says, this way, we fulfill the law of Christ by carrying each other's burdens. And what's the, what's the law of Christ? First, there were 600 commands in the Old Testament. Don't keep, you know, keep me honest, Alan. Then it went down to two. And then it went really down to one. I'm not trying to boil the whole Bible into one little statement. But love other people the way that God, through Christ, loved you. Love other people the way that God, through Christ, loved you. This is by fulfilling the law of Christ and carrying each other's burdens and loving each other. And that doesn't mean coming to a Sunday morning service at ten at 10.30 a.m. If you're a Christian, this is what you should do. You fulfill the law when you carry each other's burdens. Accept one another, just as Christ has accepted you. And do you know why God accepted you the way you were, Randy? Or the way that you are? Instead of saying, get, get clean, get right, you know, get all these burdens, get all these issues with your life figured out, and then I'll love you. It's so that he could transform you into what he wants you to be. The reason he accepted not to leave you the way you are, is so that he could transform you into the person you are supposed to be. And where can you experience this type of transformation? You could hear experience a little bit here. Uh, my wife and I were talking about this last night. Uh, but the way that you are transformed is by being around people who are also being transformed. Amen? Amen? I mean, it's, it's really hard to just be like, I, I'm being changed and I'm really passionate about this thing, but... And then there's, there's moments where you can kind of self, uh, you can kind of grow. How do I say this? Um, you're just experiencing God in, a, in sort of a one-on-one relationship, and that's beautiful. But there are moments in my life just recently where I went through some trials, uh, and I needed some friends. I need someone else who was being transformed to help spur me, to help encourage me, to help to observe and say, hey, look, that person's growing. Let's grow together. And so we believe that um, to, seeing what God is doing in other people's life is a huge part of being uh, transformed by the gospel, what this just says. So we love a lot of things that happen here. This is part of our Christian faith, and Sunday morning and the preaching of the word and worship is part of, uh, it's biblical and has a practical purpose for evangelism, for worship, for service, for community, and a city on a hill. Like, this is a beautiful thing. Um, But in here, we can't do what the local church is most designed and equipped to do. And when I mean that, it's this is all good stuff. But what I just read, as long as you guys were all listening to me, was all about sharing and living with one I mean, loving, uh, loving, in one another, spurring each other, encouraging, carrying each other's burdens, confessing sins. That's what the essence of the local church is supposed to do. So that's where you're accepted, you're honest, you confess your sins, you pray for another. And let me ask you a question. When was the time you confessed to sin? And this is probably more for, like, the Christians in the room or the people that call this their home. So if you're new, um, you don't need to totally check out. But this may not be – this is more for someone who's maybe a believer. Um, but when was the last time you confessed sin and you walked up to someone and said, I have some sin I need to confess? Um, I think that's a lost uh, part of our Christianity that has started to wane, um, that, we, we don't, but that we've lost the ability to say, like, I'm all good. It is impossible for everyone in here to always be good. Amen? It is impossible, and I think we've lost a little bit of that rhythm of saying, uh, I have to confess sin, Uh, and that's a strong word. Um, And sin is nothing more than just falling short of the glory of God, falling short of what he's called you to be. And I think it's extremely important out loud to another person to talk about the sins that we're experiencing. Um, So um, we're going to, at Hill City, like I said, we're going to emphasize rows over circles because we know real life doesn't happen in an environment like this. We created this church uh, seven years ago. We created this church uh, to be, um, to be uh, for people like us, that we came from church. We came from a bigger experience where it was a church of maybe 2,000 people. And we went through month and, or week after week, month after month with, with, with maybe very little accountability, little growth, etc. And so we really wanted to have a place where we didn't just do big church, but we knew that we had a small church as well. Um, I, I kind of think of it like this. Uh, I used to be able to lose weight uh, very easily. Um, anybody with me? Um, and I used to be able to just work out and go for a run and be like, whoa, this, the weight just shed off, and then I could just go eat a whole pizza, and it was like, yes, I lost 10 pounds. Um, I can't do that anymore. Uh, I, 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 do, I eat right, and I, lo- and I work out, and I still maybe don't lose weight, but that's okay. But it's, it's, it's kind of like that to me. It's like if you want to be healthy, there's eating well, and there's working out, right? And there might be some other things. I don't know. But sometimes in the church, we kind of like just do one of those. We come on a Sunday morning, and maybe that's the equivalent of eating right, but then working out, we just kind of like, don't do that. And we're like, oh, that's not really part of it. I'm like, no, this is a two-part, major two-part foundation of Hill City Church and our, and our success, our flourishing, our health, everything. Coming, you know, attending here on a Sunday morning and also being real with one another. Having people, you know, express, confessing sin, sharing your burdens, being encouraged, et cetera. Those are, that's a two-part, um, two parts and, and big pillars of our faith. So that's how I look at it. Um, we don't, uh, when you're known, you get deeper, better, and finer. And I believe it's all about being known. Um, but that's where we believe, um, that's where we want to go as a church. So we cannot manufacture this at Hill City Church. We can't systematically build something so fantastic that everybody feels this, this, uh, this, uh, this um, culture of, of what I just expressed, but we can certainly do our best um, to drive authentic relationship, honesty, sharing, uh, and so say this: circles really are better than rows. Circles really are better than rows. So this are rows. Do you like my graphic? Pretty good. All right. Thanks. So rows are on the right, and they're not bad. Rows are not bad, but circles, man, circles is where you get around. You get around a table. You share about your life. You share about the word. You share about what's going on. And that's what we just so much push ever since we started this thing about seven, eight years ago was for every single person to be involved in a group or a, a, a circle. Um, and so and sometimes if you've been here for a while, we even do Circle Church. Well, I call it Circle Church. It's called Simple Church. We haven't done it in a while, but we do we do the worship circle right in the, or the worship set right in the middle. And we sit in circles because we think it's that important. So in the results it sounds so it's so crazy. It's the results are in. This is what we believe when you get into circles. Real people, real friends, real change. Real people, no more pretending with people. Real friends, you don't have real friends until you've been real yourself. And then most importantly, real change. You don't change until you face who you are. This is the power of the circle and the power of the local and real church. So our obedience at Hill City is to uh, is and as as we founded this church was was to really put a huge emphasis on groups and if you've been in the modern church this is nothing like super creative or super super new or if you go to most churches now there's life groups or small groups there's city groups there's cell groups whatever you want to call them but it doesn't really the way that we call it here is is hill city groups and i talked to julie she she leads our, our groups here so what are groups i'll just explain real quick there are groups about 10 to 12 people they meet anywhere between once, uh, once, a, once a week to maybe once a month, and, and it's usually it's during the school year. So right now there's really not active groups, but there's still places that you can get connected in different ways. Um, we pray together. We tell our stories. We carry burdens. And, of course, as any good Christian, we like to eat. Come on. We have many different topics, couples, men's, women's, book studies, and many, many more. Circles are better than rows. So we, like, we want to just take this content and what you learn in these groups and apply it to your life. We want everybody in our church to be connected. So get ready for this fall. Uh, we'll be kicking off new groups. Uh, the new groups that have been in place for years will sort of resume. Um, and, man, I just really challenge you guys. I can't make you go. I can't. I can't make you go to a group. I can't make you in, engage. And I know some of the stuff is super uncomfortable. Um, but in the, in, the, in the spirit of bold moves, if you guys look over here to the sign, if you haven't noticed it, it's funny when I ask you, have you seen the bold move sign? They're like, no, what sign? That huge one right there. Uh, okay, we need a big sign then people don't see. it. It's funny. Uh, but bold moves, man, this might be a bold move for you guys this year. Uh, maybe there's other things in your job or, your, or, or, or getting involved or other things like that. But man, we just really encourage you this fall um, to, uh, to really engage in a group. And it doesn't, I'll say this, it doesn't have to be at Hill City. If you have a smaller group of guys or women or other marriage or families or other, or other communities that are out there, man, go all in. It doesn't matter. It's all about what the Bible said. It doesn't say you must be obedient to the local church that you said and do all those things. It just says there's bur- that the, the, the rhythm, the, the behavior of what we talked about, of confessing sin and sharing your burdens. That just has to happen in your life. I mean, it it has to happen. It's as important as eating right and working out. And that, these, are, these, are, uh, these are rhythms that we just really need to, uh, to be a part of. So the imaginary you doesn't have time to be in a group. Some of you are like, man, nah, I don't really need that. The real you, though, may be dying for this. Your marriage may be dying for this. Nobody knows your real story. Um, everybody thinks you're li- I like, ready for this one. Everybody thinks you're living a wrinkle-free life, and you desperately need an iron. Get in a circle. Visit our app, website or Facebook. There's plenty of chances to connect, share your burdens, and continue to become the man or woman God has called you to be. I would encourage you guys in a couple weeks, uh, in the, uh, August 12th, rather, in three weeks, to join us on Sunday night. Um, it's a smaller setting. There's a lot of one-on-one conversations. Engage here. Get connected. There's all sorts of groups. Um, I can give you the biblical basis for that, and I hope I did that for you today, um, of why we need to do that. But, man, follow it up with action. Follow it up with, with getting engaged with us. Uh, we're not the perfect church. We, we try to do this thing well. Um, But at the end of the day, it's all about being connected. It's all about sharing life. And I'm going to close. You want to be known for something. Absolutely. We should strive to be known for characteristics and actions and adjectives. But we, like Jesus and the early pastors who understood real church, want you to be known not just by something, but by what? By someone or someone's. At the end of the life, we can go through and, 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 and complete and, and have all these, these accomplishments. But at the end of the day, I could tell you, I, I've, I've, um, my, uh, I don't wanna get too personal, but uh, I know, I'll say this, I know some, uh, some CEOs who've led uh, organizations, and CEOs of, of multi-billion dollar companies. And at the end of their, their journey, they have, they've known everybody, right? I mean, they had literally thousands of people reporting up through them, through the structure. They were the man, they were the woman in those organizations. And I could tell you, they say at the end of that, all of a sudden, all that's gone away after retirement or being gone, it said, who are my friends? Because they were never really real with someone. They had a, they were, I'm not saying they were lying or being totally fake, but they were never really allowing someone else into their life to say, here's my life. Here's what's going on. I know I feel like I have it all together and I have to stand up there and present to a board and present, you know, the the financials and present the vision and the mission and all these things. But at the end of the day, if you're not real, you can feel like you have everything. And then you did did so much. You had so, so many things, but not one person that knew you. And to me, that's tragedy. It's sad. Um, And we can so easily go through life and all of a sudden realize we don't have someone. Jesus says to come out behind this, out of the darkness and into the light. Not with everybody. I'm not asking you to engage with 100 people and say, I'm just gonna confess everything and share all my burdens. Pick a few people, pick a small group to really share what's going on in your life. And if you get real with me, I'll say this to you, if you get real with me, I'll get more real with you than you can imagine. I'm not saying I'm hiding stuff up here, but I will be real with you. Never feel afraid to be honest here at Hill City Church. Right, we're gonna bring gospel. We're gonna bring the gospel. We're gonna respond with grace, with uh, grace, but we're gonna bring spirit and truth at the same time. If there's something in your life uh, that we don't feel uh, uh, lines up with the Bible, we'll bring truth, but we'll do it with grace. That's what Jesus did. He was amazing. The woman by the well, who was a who was a prostitute, he said, "I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more." And I just want us to have a uh, you know that's what our that's what our stance is here. We want want transparency, we want humility. And it's an invitation when when you're transparent, when you're humble, it's an invitation for Jesus to show up in an unimaginable real way in your life. So drop the image and allow God to go to work through one another's. Consider being part of a group, and I hope you'll engage. And that's when the church really becomes a church, amen? Amen, please stand. And we're gonna sing this song. I just wanna sing God is Good, and then I'm gonna pray us out after that. But as you guys go through this, just think about um, the two parts that I talked about, how God is good and that, um, man, we serve a good God, don't we? Let's not lose that. Let's not lose that. And let's just uh, let's, let's confess God's goodness this morning as Jen and the team lead us. And then I'm going to pray us out one last time. guys can close your eyes. I'm just going to pray us out. Let me say this. The church isn't perfect. Amen. Man, God is perfect. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. But we are far from perfect. We are a a series of flawed individuals saved by grace, trying to lead an organization and a church towards towards you. And uh, we are a collection of many people. We have our own goals and background, our own issues and burdens. And I wish it could be the perfect medicine for life's pressures. When the heat is on, I wish we could just be that perfect anecdote to solve all those problems. But I know we're not. But I truly and honestly believe that encouragement and transformation comes in a small setting of people that focus not on one another. They focus on each other just as God has loved us. We don't focus on just ourselves and just our own personal connection with god but we share that faith we allow ourselves to be exposed by others who are also being transformed and this is the fulfillment of the law of christ and it's not trivial let's not just pass over these words but let us engage in what true or real church is and i know this that without a relationship with jesus our lives become like waves being tossed in the ocean if you don't know jesus we would love to meet and pray with you and if there's a burden that we can help carry with you we're here we're here even on, on big church on a Sunday morning, and I'll just say this, and it will be even more effective for that burden to be carried in a smaller group, and a smaller number of people. And lastly, please consider joining a group. Maybe you need to take a bold move now or this fall and get connected with a group of believers that are also being transformed. God, thank you for this message. Thank you for the text, for the scriptures, for the words written by some of the earliest pastors that got this, un- they understood this even 2,000 years ago. <sighs> God, thank you for not saying that Christianity is about building built empires and buildings and holding weekly services, but that it's all about meeting together, confessing sin, and encouraging each other toward love and good deeds. You're a good father, and we love you. God, we thank you for this message. You are good. You are good. You are good. I pray that we say that today, God. We thank you for your message. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your son. and. Um, God, just bless this church. Bless Hill City on a Sunday morning. Bless Hill City as we go to our our groups and beyond and the people that call this their home. God, I pray for a continued life transformation. It's all worth it. It's worth it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Well, thank you for coming. Have a fantastic week. And uh, we'll see you in a group soon. Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday.